coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned into the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom shakalaka. Hello. Hello. Welcome in. Important Nonsense Podcast. Welcome we are back. live video form. Uh, or you may be listening tomorrow in audio form. However, however you get your important nonsense podcast. Uh, but yeah, we're we're excited for this. So Neil, you've had the reins of this 32 and 32 series, so you go right ahead. I was like, welcome back, everybody, to the important nonsense podcast. 32 teams in 32 days. Thanks for sticking around with us. The conclusion, the wrap-up show. I am Neil Smith, aka Homeless Jafar. Joy as always by my my friend Steve Bottom. This has been fun, man. I, I actually I'm glad the internet kind of bullied us into doing it this way, to be yeah. honest. Because it's a look, guys, it's a lot more work, to be honest with you. Like straight yeah. up honest about it. It's a lot more work, but it's been good. It's been a lot of fun, and we get to stretch our legs a little bit on some of these teams and talking a little bit more and not trying to hurry through to get to maybe a team that people don't necessarily care about as much for fantasy purposes. And we can spend more time kind of walking around. So, yeah. Uh, so here's. It's ahead. been, it's been a good time doing this. And yeah. uh, I, I like, I think the weirdest part about it is uh, actually today as we sit here and do this one, because we've already done the 32 teams. This is technically day 32 still. So yes, uh, technically it's 33 shows in 32 days, but it's also going to air tomorrow in the podcast world. I don't know. It's that's the only part that's throwing me through a loop, but everything else I think working out pretty well. Yeah, it, it's uh, this is welcome to show 32.5 <laughs> is I guess the good way to talk about sure, it. Yeah. And uh, by the way, check us out at importantnonsense.com and importantnonsense.com slash Patreon. <laughs> yes. Check out our discord. And, uh, but with that, they didn't come here to listen to another one of our, the 32nd and a half commercial that, that we do at the start. I of mean, the you show. can, I mean, there you go. It's down there on the bottom. Patreon.com slash important nonsense is the easiest way to do it. Also, we're heading into draft weekend, Neil. The whole reason we did it lined up this it. way is because it. we are finally headed into to draft weekend. So make sure if you, when you're drafting for your league, when you're setting your league up, hit up our friends over there at trophy smack dot com use promo code nonsense when you use the promo code you get a free ring with every belt or trophy that you purchase from our friends at trophy smack like this one hold on i got my always ready always ready with the championship belt for the for the uh for the visual people here our our video viewers uh sorry audio people you're missing out on seeing this beautiful beautiful belt but that's okay but you don't have to because you can go and get your own belt at trophysmack.com. Exactly. And you'll have one for yourself. Uh, I recommend the belt, by the way. The rings are nice, but a belt mm -hmm. is a belt. Well, I the mean, ring is free with the belt. Oh, uh, so right. you well, get both. It's better deal. I mean, that's a perfect deal. deal right there. While we're here, I mean, check out underdog.com with promo yeah, code nonsense. Get, get some last best balls in right before the start of draft weekend here. And I, yeah, I in fact, believe. if you go to importantnonsense.com slash sponsors, just any of those links, you go right ahead, knock yourself out. And Fubo I, TV. I, yeah, Fubo uh, TV. Come on. If, if you're looking to stream this season, if you want to cut the cord finally 
America and Canada. Don't forget about Canada. Canada, if you want to cut the cord, Fubu TV. They got you. No, it's not Fubu TV. It's, it's Fubo TV. That's what it's like. Fubo yeah, TV. They got sure. you covered. Yeah, they I can't go covered. back and edit that. And right there. <laughs> Importantnonsense.com slash sponsors. Fubo TV. Click on the click on the link there, and uh, they'll get you set up. I think it's like thirty percent off for the first month or something like that. But it's a fantastic deal. If you're going to cut the cord, there you go. All of them. But anywhere you go, use promo code nonsense. More than likely going to hit us. We'd yeah, appreciate more than it. likely. We'd appreciate And we'd appreciate it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> help us keep these live streams and podcasts yes. going. Help us help you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that, we're going to drive through it today. We're going to do all the takes that need to get updated from way back when we started recording these yeah. to right now. And what's interesting, Steve, is that normally I feel like we have more of these to do in a weird way. I think this has been a little bit lighter than normal because we really only have so much to get through. Mm -hmm. So it's been a uh, it's been it's been an interesting kind of year. Not nearly as many seismic injuries, although there have been a couple. But as you may notice, folks, we're going to do this in more or less alphabetical order by team. So we're going to go all the way back and start at the A's and then we'll work our way through uh, the end of the alphabet here. So. Starting off in Atlanta, weirdly, this just happened like an hour before we sat down to do this. So this is a fresh ad, yeah, folks. It worked out. This is borderline breaking news. We referenced in Atlanta that Mike Davis will be your starter and that we were trying to identify backups. We referenced JV and Hawkins, who was there, who was no longer there. We referenced any number of folks that might be your backup, your backup running back for the Falcons. And turns out all of it was wrong. All of it, because right as soon as we were starting to start this, Quadri Olison, who was going to be the backup, seemed like that was set in stone at this point, cut, and they the Falcons signed Wayne Gallman. So Wayne Gallman will be your backup for this season, it yeah. looks like, until 20 minutes later when they cut Wayne Gallman to sign someone else, because that's just sure. how this has been going. Yeah. But, Steve, do you care? Would you be interested in Wayne Gallman? We have seen Wayne Gallman have some level of value in the past. Uh, you mean just as a theory, Wayne Goldman? Like I mean, general, as the backup. I mean, the as the backup. As the backup in Atlanta. Do you care? Here's the appeal of Mike Davis and why we've been in on Mike Davis, and that's because he is an actual three-down back. Yes, he is 28 years sure. old, but he can catch the ball and barrel his way through the line. Like he can get the work done at the goal line as well as catch the ball. That is not something that Wayne Goldman can do. And we I've joked about it several times now. They started the day with two legitimate running backs on the roster. They picked up Wayne Goldman and then cut Olison. So they still have only two legitimate running backs on the roster because their RB3, remember, is Corderell Patterson. That's right. So they don't have any actual third running back and if something were to happen to mike davis they would probably pick someone up off of waivers my guess would be jv and hawkins who's now back mm -hmm. out there and is going to land on somebody's practice squad we just don't know who's but i would guess if something happened to davis at this point it would kind of be what happened in new york with saquon where wayne gallman is your number two he's getting the first and second down work and you've got cordell patterson who's getting the catches and that's it so bo both of them are kind of splitting the workload. And because of that, it just negates anything you're getting from either guy. It's fair enough. So realistically speaking, we're not even going to try and handcuff uh, 
Wayne Gallman to Mike Davis. No, and you were never going to do that anyway. The only reason that this is interesting is because Quadre Olson has been okay. He was all right yeah. last year. Yep. It's not that he was ever spectacular. I mean, he played good enough that it lost Edo Smith his job, basically. Right, right. Although and, I will point out Edo Smith was doing a pretty good job of losing that job to Brian Hill, who also isn't good. Right, and then so he also lost his job. So Right, right. So, But yeah, it, it was just the fact that with Mike Davis having that lead role, then you've got now Goldman, who has had significant workload put on him in the past because mm -hmm. of injuries, and yep. I would trust him more than I would Olison. not to mention I talked about yesterday, Remember, at the beginning of the summer, a lot of the hype around San Francisco was that Wayne Gallman was going to end up being the number two running back there. Right, right. By attrition, but yes. Because he was outperforming everybody, and then Jeff Wilson got hurt, and he leaped up the chart, but then Trey Sermon performed so well that Gallman kept sliding down the depth chart until ultimately right. he lost his job there. So I think he's good enough to be a number two running back in the NFL, but from a fantasy perspective you would have to be in the deepest of deep leagues dealing with a lot of injuries and bye weeks to even consider thinking about Wayne Goldman. Okay. So we're going to leave Wayne Goldman on the waiver wire. Yeah. And if something happens and it pans out, okay, we'll right. fight. About it's it. just always good to know who's next in line. Well, and as we referenced many times on these shows, sometimes it is worth having the backup. I'll reference Detroit yeah. where it's like, no, Jamal Williams has a job. Yeah. So we're just not viewing that situation this way. And I agree with you, by the way, as an aside, I'm completely there. Wayne Goldman's not flying up my rankings right. in the background. But, <laughs> so no, forget Wayne Goldman. It's, he's a fine real life football player. You, I yeah. think you nailed it right there. He's a fine real life football player, but I'm not interested in Wayne Goldman as my anything on a yes. fantasy roster. Correct. So rolling right through, we're going to make a pit stop here in Baltimore next is where we're headed. Uh, and there's a couple things to note here. Uh, do you want to tell him or should I? Because it's your it's your man's it's your boy, and he's gonna he hit IR today. Rashad Bateman hit yeah. IR today. Disgusting. Well, yesterday, but <laughs> yesterday, uh, but no. I mean, we talked about this off air, and I've mentioned it several times on Jack Knows Best. To yep. me, all that did for Rashad Bateman is allowed me to get Rashad Bateman two rounds later than I normally <laughs> would have in all of my drafts. All that did was help me out. So yeah, it's, I understand it's a core injury, but again, a uh, prime example, our guy, Edwin, Edwin Porras, he pointed out the fact that last season in the preseason, we had multiple instances of this, including David Montgomery, yep. who had a core injury, took that going into the season, still managed to stay healthy and had a fantastic year, best year of his career. So now you're talking about Rashad Bateman, who I mentioned on the show, is the number one. He is the alpha on that roster. There is no question. It's not even close. He is going to come in in the four to six week range and completely break out. And that's the key to remember, too. Remember last season, they changed the IR rules. So now they made an update this year where you can bring an unlimited number of players off of IR. You don't have to designate one or two players to come back. Right. You can bring right. everybody back from IR once they're put on it. They just have to miss a minimum of only three games. Yep. So if you're put on PUP, the physically unable to perform list, you have to miss a minimum of six games. The fact that he got this injury a few weeks ago and now coming into the season, they don't put him on PUP, but instead they put him on IR 
means that at most he's going to miss four to six games. And for me, I'm thinking it's going to be closer to the four range. He's a player you should have back in October. And if I can get based on ADP, if I can get Rashad Bateman right now in the 12th, 13th round, chef's kiss, I'm loving life. It's largely where he should have been going as a rookie anyway. Mm. So this is just kind of, to, to your point, it's deflated the balloon now mm. on the Bateman love train. But frankly, well, you know actually- what? let me be fair. He was going 12 to 13. I was taking him in the 10th. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's you. me. That's so you. now yeah. I can get him in the 12th or 13th. Right. But the right. regular general public will be getting him in the 14th, 15th round near the end <laughs> of the draft. And that's okay. You go right ahead. You wait, but I won't. Make I'll sure get, you get him. I'll, yeah. I'll get my top 36 wide receiver <laughs> in the 12th round. That's fine. Well, it's very possible because as we've talked about before, that death chart at wide receiver is... Ugh. So with Bateman going to miss this time, I think all it really does is that Sammy Watkins is back from whatever he was dealing with at this point. I think it just means he'll be more involved for the first couple weeks of the season before something inevitably happens to him. And that's that's really all key. Like, like you talked about Sammy Watkins is healthy, but in addition to Bateman, Hollywood Brown dealing with a hamstring injury shocker that never happens with him. Uh, You've got miles Boykin who somehow survived the roster, but immediately goes on IR. So right now it's literally Sammy Watkins, Tylen Wallace, and Devin Duvernay. Yeah, are the and, top three on the depth chart. And Tylen Wallace didn't have the camp that a lot of people were hoping for. Right. So he's been struggling so far right. by all reports. And Devin Duvernay, at this point, from the sample size we have, it's not—I wouldn't call it a complete. The jury's not out totally yet, but from mm-hmm. what we've seen on the sample we have, both last season and then from camp this year, Devin Duvernay just might not be good. Right. It's entirely, entirely possible, possible yeah. that Devin Duvernay just isn't good. So the reality of the situation here is that basically Sammy Watkins is probably going to be the most involved. And you and I have talked, they can really only support one meaningful wide receiver with how many pass attempts they're going to have for, and you got to account for Mark Andrews gets his. So within that, it's like, we can, you can really only support one kind, maybe like one and a half. And so for me right now, for the first four weeks, that basically is Sammy Watkins with him being the only one effectively healthy. Right. And that's it. And, And by the way, don't draft Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Because it's still, even with that, it doesn't matter. That's how little I think of Sammy Watkins. He's going to be the one effectively on this team for four weeks, and I don't care. Yeah. Even so, being the one, like, are you confident starting him the first four weeks at all? No. Only week one. No. Like, even I would say if you're playing. You're not going to give me my joke. Yeah. Only week one. <laughs> week, only one week, one. week one Watkins. Week one Watkins. Yeah. Uh, and even in that situation, it's like, you know, the way we have done all of this, right? 12 team league where you've got a quarterback, two running back, three wide receivers and a flex yep, and a flex yep. in that situation, PPR league. Yes. I would say Sammy Watkins is the number one on that roster probably slots into the 37 to 48 range yeah, as a true. flex mm-hmm. at wide receiver the first four weeks. But once everybody gets healthy, no thanks. And then what do you, you can't, it's not even something that you can sell. That's no. something you have to use nope. for a couple weeks as a flex and then cut. Like the only reason I think it would make sense is if you got Rashad Bateman mm-hmm. had an IR slot in Moved your him. fantasy team, which you should have by the way. Yeah. And, and then you play Sammy Watkins as your flex. And when Bateman is healthy, you make the cut reactivate right. Bateman. You just treat your roster like the Ravens. And it doesn't need to be Bateman. That's just an example. But in sure. that scenario, I'm with you. If you get Michael Thomas, for example, and you have an sure. IR slot, move Michael Thomas into the well, IR slot. Well, I say Bateman because that's really the correlation. Like as no, long I, as Bateman's I, I, out, I that's, that's how long he's useful. 
Whereas with Michael Thomas, he's going to be out longer, longer than, than, than Sammy but I'm Watkins' if, shelf but life. It's, it's only four, right. But the Sammy Watkins <laughs> shelf life to me is only four weeks anyway. So if I yeah. just need a Band-Aid, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the length. I'll use him for four weeks That's and then fair. cut him to pick up a different Band-Aid. I don't well, like care so much about that. I if would care weeks, more about it too if this was like the middle of the season. Well, but yeah, but I'm saying by four weeks, there will already be guys popping on the waiver wire at wide receiver. Yeah. Well, that's, so a, that's what options. I'm saying. Like, I would care more about this midseason than I do right now because yeah. we're heading into draft weekend. Most people haven't drafted their teams yet. Why do you need Sammy Watkins to fill in for somebody <laughs> if there's no buys for the first four weeks and you're drafting your team now? If you're yeah. drafting a yeah. team that needs to play Sammy Watkins week one, I think you've done something wrong. Probably. More than likely. Yeah. More than likely, you've overextended mm-hmm. yourself. So, th- look, even then, we 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 we've covered it. There's no reason to draft Sammy Watkins. Don't do that. Yeah. If you want to pick him up off the waiver wire for whatever circumstance, okay, for four <laughs> weeks, for four yeah. weeks, yeah. and then cut him. Yeah, uh, and then and then who knows? Beyond that, yeah, he has no value, and it's not right. tradable. To your point, right. the only other thing of note in Baltimore, and this is actually the bigger note, I right. think, is from when we recorded the show to now, J.K. Dobbins ruptured his Achilles and I'm sorry, did he tear his ACL or rupture his Achilles? Uh, I believe it was the ACL. He, no. Yeah. I'm thinking of Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dobbins tears his ACL. He's out for the year. That happened about a week ago. Why Harbaugh had him in a preseason game at any level right. is beyond me. That's the thing I've been telling people is like, take, don't take it up with me or fantasy Jesus. Take it up with Harbaugh. Yeah. Why, why, why don't talk to me. Like I know, right. like why, like I've had this question asked to me, 10 separate people have asked me what I think about this. And I'm like, I, do I look like Jim Harbaugh? Go talk to Harbaugh. Right. I don't know what he's doing. Why is he out there in this preseason game? that doesn't matter when he's like, you're one doesn't matter. Tears his ACL. He's out for the year. So at this point, the Ravens running back room has gotten a lot ickier, frankly, that's not a scientific <laughs> term, but it's, it's meh. Oh, yeah. So now, Gus Bus is your starter. Gus Edwards. A lot of people like the Gus Bus. He's got his own little fan club out there. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> there you go. All aboard the Gus Bus. That's what it is. And I'll start with this, Steve, because you and I talked about this uh, like last week when this happened. Yes. And you'd ask me directly, where are you going to put Gus Edwards in your rankings? And I said, well, I got J.K. Dobbins at 25. So realistically speaking, Gus Edwards can't go much higher than that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I landed on a number. It's 27. Okay. So I knocked him down a couple spots, but it's mostly because running back itself in rankings has had some attrition and some weirdness. So I can't crater Gus Edwards too much lower than that. But I can't put him ahead of J.K. Dobbins. And I will address all these people that think Gus Edwards is now suddenly a three down running back. I don't that's got (laughs) it's the only way I can unpack it. That seems to be the argument is Gus Edwards. J.K. Dobbins gone. Gus Edwards must now be a three down back. That is not correct. Right. That's not how NFL rosters work. Don't do that because I know it's a logical thing. It's a logical leap to make, but it's not actually, it's a logical fallacy. What's going to happen here now is that in reality, there's going to be a committee in Baltimore of which Gus Edwards will be the main member, but now he will be sharing time with uh, Justice Tyson, Hill. Tyson and I was going to say, well, I was going to say Tyson Williams is the one people don't know yet. I was going to start with Justice Hill because Justice Hill is a familiar face to a lot of long-term yeah. fantasy players. Largely been underwhelming, but the one that people will need to get familiar with is who you mentioned, Tyson Williams. And what you, I think, let's talk about those three. And then there's one thing to close on with around pass catching. 
But of those two guys that we haven't mentioned, obviously Gus Edwards is what it is. Yeah. What do you want to do with any of this, Steve? How do you, how, what do you want to tell people? Uh, so first of all, I will tell you where I'm at. I am right there with you. I had Dobbins at 26. I have uh, Edwards at 28. Okay. So yeah, again, I'm, I'm right in line with you. Yeah. Right. Um, we're, we're seeing this basically the same way. I'm also with you that I'm not of the mindset that this is suddenly going to be just Gus's job. Um, I don't know where people are getting that from. I think the funniest thing to me about that analysis is I've seen I've specifically, I've seen people point out the fact that last year between JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards in Dobbins rookie season, Dobbins was seen 56. I think it was 56 to 57 percent of the snaps mm -hmm. and Edwards was seeing the other 43 that it was a share already, already a committee between the two of them, which is kind of why we were out on Dobbins when they murdered Mark Ingram in week one, because it was going to yes. be theoretically a three headed monster, but that ended so quickly. That, right. But uh, Edwards was getting so much run same with Dobbins that they were kind of sharing the, the job already as is. Now we roll into this season and people were saying somehow the Dobbins was going to finish as a top 12 back. I don't know how that's possible. Top 20, maybe, but that's, I think, the ceiling. And no, you're talking a about scary to me. Everything, right. A lot of what you just said scares me. <laughs> but now they're flipping it and saying last year, Gus Edwards saw 45 percent of the snaps when Dobbins was there. And he was a top 30 back. Now Dobbins is gone. So it's wheels up on Gus Edwards. What are you talking about? You literally just said the number one running back last season had 55% of the snaps in Baltimore. So all you're doing is adding 10% of the snaps to Gus Edwards. Not all 55 of them. Yeah, right. The other 45% of the snaps are still going to go to someone. We just don't know who. And that's the thing is people are just automatically assuming that Edwards takes over that role. But remember, he is not a pass catcher. Yeah, he will be on the field for some pass catching work just by happenstance. But for the most part, it's going to be a third down back. It is likely going to be a three-headed monster. But like you mentioned, Tyson Williams basically has played so well. He was on the practice squad with Baltimore last mm -hmm. season. He's done a lot of stuff for them in special teams and throughout the off season and through training camp and the preseason. And now he played so well over the summer that he leapfrogged Justice Hill to the point that he is the number two on that depth chart now. So he is going to be the primary pass catching back on third down. I think there's a legitimate shot that Gus Edwards keeps the exact same role he already had, those 45% snaps and that 55% workload that we're talking about with Dobbins being gone goes to Tyson Williams and Justice Hill splitting that work. Right, right. And if that was to happen, again, let's make people do math. I know they don't like it, but yeah. what that would mean is you're talking about two you're talking about two guys splitting like 28% of a job each right yeah it's something it's not quite that but it's something in right. that neighborhood where it's like and that's not enough 
Yeah. That's not enough to merit well, fan fantasy consideration. Correct. Yeah. By our projections after the update, Gus Edwards comes in right at running back 28 yep. in PPR points and Tyson Williams at 54, Justice Hill at 85. That's what it should be. Yeah. And, and I, and, and again, as what, as, as much of a nice story as it is with the Tyson Williams, you said a lot of nice things here about Tyson Williams. Would it shock you be it to your core if Baltimore added like an actual pass catching running back at some point. No. Yeah, me either. So I'm not, it makes it really hard for me to want to get too invested in that yeah. or in Gus Edwards, frankly. So it's, and I don't right see where the enthusiasm is coming from. All, I've seen a lot of hype about uh, Gus Edwards being a top 20 back now that it's a dunk Yeah. right now in the, people. right now in the ECR, uh, he is running back 24. Okay, it's creeping up. So a little bit ahead of us, but not outlandish. Uh, not uh, that's fine if that's really what you want. Okay. And then in ADP, he's at running back twenty nine, uh, so he's right in line with our rankings. So right now, the general public isn't overpaying for it, and the experts aren't over ranking him. Well, they are, but uh, they aren't uh, over ranking him to an extreme. Uh, it'd right? probably be within. It'd be right roughly Negative. the same tier. Yeah. It'd be roughly the same tier. Yeah. It's it's fine. So I'm it's not, not so again, it's close. You're splitting hairs at that yeah. point. It's not crazy, but the hype that comes out is you'd you'd think that's not the case. Well, that's what Twitter that's like, everything you read on Twitter is all these people. Mm -hmm. Gus Edwards, top twelve. Gus Edwards is one of the greatest running backs I've ever seen. Gus Bus, oh my god, like driving on. Like, yeah. I don't know what any of that is. And maybe it's some sort of elaborate troll <laughs> that I just can't I don't I'm not in on the joke. But like I, I do see what you're talking about quite a bit, and it is it's concerning to me that I'm seeing that because it's like, where are you getting that? And what is the process that led you to get there? Because I am concerned about how you're doing math. Yeah. And you're not we do doing see math. that. That's well, that we, we do see that with, with this from time to time where people just go, Oh, he's gone. Just take this guy's whole job and give it to this guy. Yep. And it's like, that's not really usually how the NFL works. It can work like that. Mm -hmm. It just, doesn't. but it doesn't, it doesn't usually. Yeah. So, all right. That's, that's Baltimore, folks. Those are the two main updates: Bateman, and then the running back change. So from there, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna swing around into Buffalo real quick. So there was one update with Buffalo, and it's not very long. Mm -hmm. Effectively, Zach Moss has separated himself now as the RB one, the Clear true RB one. Yeah. Devin Singletary. He's not. It's not a one A one B thing with Devin Singletary. Yeah. Zach Moss is now the starter. Devin Singletary is the backup. And so, I wouldn't even go that far. I would say Matt Breida is the backup. Singletary has been that bad. The, that and he's, that's he's that's probably, probably the third guy. They really well. It's also it's mostly also because Breida will be the primary pass catcher out of the backfield. Well, Moss is still he's still the best pass catcher in that. I, I know, and it's like, like but they'll have he, Matt Breida out there doing something. I know it's just, it's crazy. It's, but yes, he has Moss separated is separated himself you significantly. Moss mm -hmm. is the one you want now in Buffalo. So that's it. Don't don't worry about Devin Singletary anymore. I, I wouldn't even draft Evan Singletary, frankly, at no, his ADP not at this it. point. I'm completely leaving it out there. No matter it's, what it is. I don't even know yeah, what it is offhand. It's, 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 not it's, worth it. it's basically like a round or two. That would be 39. I was going to say, it, no, it's a round or two after Zach Moss at this point. Yeah. So I looked that up and it's like, oh, yeah. no. Zach Moss and, is at RB35. That's what I'm saying. The price, the price, this is what I was, the whole point, reason for the note. Zach Moss is a bargain at this yep. point. Zach Moss is a bargain, and Devin Singletary is a horrible overpay. Yeah, I've got Zach Moss as a top 30 back right yes. now, and he's going at RB 35. Right. Singletary's going at RB 39, and again, I've got him at RB 60. Yep. 
and it I just, think he's number three on that depth chart. People haven't there. adjusted to this yet, so you can get it nice and cheap in your drafts. This is a good note for anybody who's drafting this weekend with people that maybe haven't been paying attention. Yeah. Zach Moss is an incredible value. Devin Singletary is, is a black pill yep. on the board at this point. Avoid Devin Singletary completely. Do not draft him. Draft Zach Moss at his relative ADP because it's, it's a steal. And I'm not drafting Matt Breida since his name came up. So is, I right. think that's it's really cut and knowing dry. He's killed Singletary. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really cut and dry at this point. Yep. There's no more confusion. This has been settled. So from that, we're going to move real quick into Carolina. Uh, there's been one interesting ish kind of thing. And it, you, we're going to do a Denver update here in a moment too. And it feeds, it feeds into it. So it's, it's kind of fun how this works out. Well, so, why don't we, let's see, we can kind of skip around a little bit. Do we have we any, so let's skip Carolina and come back to them when we get to Denver. Okay, well, Denver's next, so we'll just do Denver first. So we'll just do so it, yeah, all together. We'll do it. Fine. We'll do it. We'll do it all together. So nothing so, for Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, or Dallas. No, that's all status quo. There's nothing to update there. Nothing has changed. So we're going directly. We'll we'll go into Denver and we'll dovetail yeah. back into Carolina because they're linked together because of how the yeah. move actually went down. So we'll just in general in Denver. There's been some interesting kind of developments with their running back room, in the sense that they actually had Mike Boone who they're very high on. He was projecting to be the third running back effectively behind Melvin Gordon and, uh, and uh, Javante Williams. So it's, it's one of those things where they brought Mike Boone in the off season before the draft. They, they love what they've seen from him. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's now hit the IR even with Mike Boone hitting the IR yesterday, or it might've been the day prior, they cut Royce Freeman. And to me, what that says is we are sticking with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams for this season. So all yep. the trade rumors, I'm done talking about it. I'm done talking about that. They're, they're not trading anybody. We're a week before the season. They just lost a, a significant running back for them and still felt good enough to cut Royce Freeman. I don't see how they're going to get away from, from Melvin Gordon at this point. I think what we talked about is still true. Melvin Gordon's going to be there for his last ride. He's going to be motivated. He's playing for a contract, and I think he's going to get a decent amount of opportunities. And then we've all seen at this point, if you followed anything from the preseason, we've all seen what Javante Williams has been able to do. Yep. He's going to be great for them for a long time. It's looking like as long as he can not get hurt. So that's 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 really the two the – two, those are going to be your two guys, as far as I'm concerned. You can set it in stone. And I like them both, frankly, for what for what you can get – for where you can get them at. So I'm fine with either one. Hell, I, I've seen people taking both and trying to see which one sticks. And if it worked out on the board the right way and somebody fell, like Melvin Gordon fell, usually yeah. is the way it goes. I'm not even that. I'm not even normally I wouldn't want to do that. But in this case, it's not the worst strategy I've ever seen. It, it would depend on how the whole the whole situation worked out for you. So with that, do you have anything on Denver just from there other than do you have are you still are you still worried about Melvin Gordon getting traded? Do you want to talk up Javante Williams? Is there anything you want to discuss there as it relates to Denver? No, I don't think anything's changed in that regard. I think it was always, we were, again, when we had our initial- For our pro- analysis, yeah. it, it, nothing has changed. Yeah, when we had our projection, I think we had Royce Freeman, I still have it the same way, as uh, 27 rush attempts, yep. eight targets, like barely getting used because it was just a two-headed monster at the top. The only way he was going to see any kind of touches was one of the two of them getting hurt mm-hmm. or if Melvin Gordon did get traded before the season started. Now to your point, the season's beginning. 
unless like if Javante Williams has a fantastic first start of this first half of the season, looks great, wheels up, and someone makes an offer they can't refuse for Melvin sure. Gordon before the sure. deadline, then absolutely he would be on the move 100% because he's not coming back next season. We know that. No. So if that happened, then yeah, it would be hundred percent, probably top 20 wheels up on Javante Williams. He's got the ceiling where Melvin Gordon, I still think is a comfortable floor, whether oh, he's yeah. here or somewhere else. So yep. I think you're fine would, either way. Anybody who'd want to invest that much into what it would cost to acquire Melvin Gordon would be planning to use Melvin Gordon. So I agree right. with you. Melvin Gordon's the floor guy. And normally you and I are not really about floor guys, mm-hmm. except in this instance, I'm actually fine with it because it's, yeah. a, it's a function of how running back works. So for what you have to invest to get Gordon in drafts this year, uh, even I think you're fine. I'd be, I'd be fine with either guy for where they're going in drafts. And then with Mike Boone there, I don't even see how Royce Freeman was going to get on the field at all. Cause it's like Mike yes. Boone was locked in as the three. So they cut him, which makes a certain amount of sense because you know, you were never going to play him realistically. And he was never coming back anyway. Royce Freeman. It was that, that experiment's been over for quite a while. So, you may ask why we skipped Carolina. Well, it's because today <laughs> they actually waiver claimed Royce Freeman. Right. So to with that, the only thing to note there is that, well, he's changing teams. Royce Freeman will be getting a new start in Carolina. I'm actually happy for him because I I think that's a if you're if I'm Royce Freeman, I'm excited about that, by the way. Yep. Because it means I get to actually play potentially. Because obviously Christian McCaffrey is there. But at this point, now in Carolina, you've got CMC. We talked up Chuba Hubbard a little bit when we talked about the uh, in the actual Carolina show. So now I think it just relegates Chuba Hubbard to nothing at this point completely. I I, I can't even view Chuba Hubbard as a proper handcuff anymore because no. now he's not even a lottery pick at the end of the draft. Because no. if something were to happen to CMC like last season, I feel like Carolina's in a position where they would still again. People always look at Royce Freeman and just assume that he is going to be that bowling ball that right. runs through right. people. And that's not the case. He's a pass catching back. And that's, I believe how they would be used too, because Chuba is the guy who actually will run through people and has the speed and agility. So I think Chuba would actually be the first and second down and even the goal line back. Whereas Royce Freeman would be the pass catcher. If something happened to McCaffrey and they would split right. the workload. Yep. So if something does happen to McCaffrey and the two of them are, are going to split that job, We'll evaluate that when we get there in that eventuality. In that eventuality, I don't know that either of them have too much value because mm-hmm. uh, we've seen. But you can't totally discount it because of what Mike Davis was able to do when CF- right. CMC went down. And again, so, Mike Davis, I think, was running back eighteen in the games when uh, when Christian McCaffrey was out. But again, he had right. the whole job. He did exactly literally everything. Exactly. So I don't know what half of a Mike Davis role would translate to, and I don't think anybody yeah. does. So there's no reason to draft either Chuba right. Hubbard. Or it mostly just means stop taking Chuba Hubbard at the end of your yes, draft at this point. And, and, and then that's really, it's really the note. And then real quick back to Denver, there was one last thing in Denver and it, they settled their quarterback battle finally. And in a, what I thought was actually surprising given the relative performance of both players, they actually both played well. They went with Teddy Bridgewater, which right. actually tells me Vic Fangio is worried about getting fired, but that's a different topic for a different show. And uh, <laughs> I think they're going safety with uh, with Teddy Two Gloves here. And for what we <clears throat> for what we've discussed, I think the only thing that's really relevant here is the general industry consensus on this news has been okay. Move Jerry Judy up a little bit. Move Cortland Sutton down a little bit. Right. 
That's been the general industry consensus. Mm -hmm. Did you make a similar adjustment in your rankings? So the adjustment that I made is instead of Cortland Sutton leading the team in targets, now it's Jerry Judy. But again, before it was Sutton had 111 and Judy had 103. Now it's Judy has 111 and Sutton has 103. So they literally just flip-flopped in targets, and that's because of average depth of target where you know, uh, Locke likes to throw the ball further down the field yep. and Bridgewater likes to throw it a little bit more underneath. But because Sutton is the deep guy and he's the possession receiver in the middle of the field, he actually has a bigger yards per reception. Yeah. He has a greater range of outcomes. Again, I see a, 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 all the Jerry Judy hype. I get it. I understand it. He's a fantastic player. He's talented. He's very talented, but he just watching him play, seeing what he does and how he's used, it screams Juju Smith-Schuster to me. Oh, yeah. He's going to be used underneath. He's going to be used in the slot. He's going to get moved around the field, but primarily you are hoping that he's getting those underneath routes and collecting a lot of receptions in PPR. Yes. Yeah. He has a chance to have a top 20 season in PPR just from pure volume, but again... You were able to have a top 10 season from Juju because he had all that value. Hell, you got a top 20 season out of Tyler Boyd one year because he had right. 150 right. targets. Right. If you get enough value, even the worst receiver in the NFL <laughs> can have a good season. Okay. But Jerry Judy, I think, is going to have the value. He's going to have a productive year. It's just the ceiling for me is still Cortland Sutton. I will go back to our discussion on the Denver show where I, I talked about, like, we were having the debate last season where it was, is it Cortland Sutton or Chris Godwin? Who's the second-year receiver that we're going to see break out? Who's the guy that's going to have the, the big season this year that you want that's going to finish top 12 that's going inside the top 20? Sutton gets hurt, misses the year, and suddenly he's dead. Right. Suddenly he doesn't matter anymore. So... I think Corlin Sutton is being completely slept on. He showed off like we were being told that he looks terrible, that he's still injured, that he's still nursing the injury, that he's going to come back and he's going to struggle out of the gate. And then we saw him in the preseason game making those ridiculous cuts and the catch in the end zone for the touchdown. And uh, he looks fine to me. I think he's going to have a great year this year. I, and, and I was going to say the, I think the, the, the adjustment that a lot of people are making is an overreach because they yeah. love to typecast Teddy Bridgewater as an Alex Smith level game manager, early career Alex Smith game manager who couldn't throw the ball more than seven yards. Right. And that's not Teddy Bridgewater. The yes. math doesn't back that up. Right. And with this, it's funny you bring up Pittsburgh because it's actually pretty similar in certain mm -hmm. regards because you've got KJ Hamler is Chase Claypool, their version of it. You've got Cortland Sutton is the uh, kind of Deontay Johnson type of type of thing. And then you've got Jerry Judy doing the Juju Smith Schuster stuff. It's mm -hmm. not a total one-to-one -one comparison, but well, I think the perfect one-to-one -one comparison is the Carolina one I made. I mean, just mm. literally look at what Teddy Bridgewater did last season with th you, those three guys. You had Robbie yeah. Anderson who led the team in targets and had a great year in terms of touchdowns, yards, and receptions. That's Jerry Judy. He can have that top thirty season. Look at what DJ Moore did last year. People think DJ Moore had a terrible season. He had almost 1,200 yards. I was say, he broke 1,000 yards. He no had problem. four touchdowns, which is why people hated on it. 
but it was the largest yards per reception in his career. He had 18.6 yards per reception with Teddy Bridgewater right. as his quarterback the right. entire season. And then you had Curtis Samuel, who had the greatest season of his career, playing out of the slot over the middle. That's Noah Fant in this offense. Right, right. Who's nursing a leg, but apparently is going to be fine. Right. That's it's either Noah reporting. Fant or KJ Hamler. It's one or the other. Yeah. But either way, Teddy Bridgewater was just a quarterback last season for Carolina, played 15 games, and supported three wide receivers who mm -hmm. finished, we talked about, 26, 27, and 28 in PPR scoring last year. They finished all right next to each other. So he supported three guys. I feel like he could very easily do that with two studs at wide receiver in Denver. Yeah. Uh, the, the rumors of Cortland Sutton's death have been greatly exaggerated. People mm. need to stop being so scared or don't. And I'll just get all the Cortland Sutton shells okay. shares to myself. So if people you're playing with are scared about Cortland Sutton, profit off it because right. he's going to, he's, you, you couldn't have predicted what happened to him happening last year. And I'm, I, I can't predict it again. So I'm, I think, just wheels up on, on all of that. Let's, let's move out of, uh, out of Denver though. And let's stop in Detroit real quick. So Deandre Swift is actually still dealing with a groin injury. We promised, we teased this several times that we were going to talk about Deandre Swift. So we got to do it. Uh, the, the hate, the hater aid that is mm -hmm. being poured all over Deandre Swift. Baffling. Baffling. I got to look at this now too. But the, uh, the, the big note here is that, well, he is still dealing with a groin issue. And they are a little concerned. It seems like he's going to be available for week one. It, but it, this does seem like the kind of thing that might be lingering with him through most, if not all of the season, potentially. It's a groin injury. It takes time and you're going to try and play through it. You're probably going to be dealing with some discomfort. That's one of the concerns that I've been able to identify so we can set up this conversation for why the hate train on DeAndre Swift is happening. That's one. There's one other thing that I think is inescapable in this. And that's Dan Campbell. Yes. And Dan Campbell is either a moron or a genius, and I can't tell which yet. No, oh, it's the first one. He's, he's one or the other. He's either the, it's he's the either former. real dumb yeah. or he's the smartest individual ever. He's like an, he's either that. It's either he's an idiot or he's an Andy Kaufman-level genius. Like the, it's I one or the other. The perfect summation of it was they asked Dan Campbell about, first of all, Swift didn't play the preseason. Then they asked Dan Campbell about Swift's availability for week one. And he said, well, we don't know. He's still got to clear some hurdles. He's still up in the air. We'll see. He's still dealing with the injury. Like a day later, the beat reporter for Detroit posts DeAndre Swift making cuts. Looks amazing. He's scored three touchdowns so far here in practice. Really questionable for week one. Yeah, like really. I did. Yeah. yeah. So that that is telling you everything. He's coming from the Sean Payton tree of I'm not giving you any information. Like you can shove it. I don't need to tell you anything about my team that's happening here. That's what he's doing. So I think there's this is literally nothing. I think that DeAndre Swift is fine. I think that he he was dealing with an injury initially, but they have let him come back slowly. He's barely done anything. And when he has done stuff, he has been impressive. And everyone in the beat reporting has been saying how good he looks and how he's ready for the year. So he's still I, the Detroit Lions best player. Yeah. And it's not close. And I think that's why they've, you know, been hitting him with the bubble wrap, basically. Just yeah. Making sure he's not banged up heading into the season. I think he'll be fine. I'm not, I'm not even a little bit concerned about DeAndre Swift. Heading I kept season. DeAndre Swift at a third round value in what a long time keeper league you and I play. And that's how little I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. My only note here is 
I'm a little more I'm a little more willing to go and get Jamal Williams in my draft. Sure. That's really it. That's all it did. But even then, it's not because right it now didn't do I, there's not much Swift. It just here. bumped up Jamal Williams like two. Like spots. Swift right now is at RB seventeen in ADP. That's criminal. That that wow. should not be. And in fact, he's wow. going. He's not only is he RB seventeen, oh. but on ESPN, he's RB twenty. Well, uh, uh, that's uh, they've and they, those are the same people though that have CEH at fourteen though. Sure. So. But, He's, but whatever he's got Swift is at 20 on ESPN 17 uh, for just the general overall consensus. And then Jamal Williams is going at RB 40 RB 41 on ESPN. So if Deandre Swift is your flavor, which he absolutely should be that price point, then I would grab Deandre Swift. And even if you're nervous about it, you can have Jamal Williams in like the 10th round. And they right. really love Jamal Williams for whatever reason. They're not shy about telling you how they no, feel we, about Jamal, we love Williams. Jamal Williams. Too, we do. So. We do. Too. I know. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying <laughs> it only. We've historically done that, and it didn't yeah. matter when he was on the Packers. Yeah. But now, given this situation, it seems like the feeling is mutual with his actual club. Right. So I, he's going to be out there. I, I. That's insanity. That's a criminal action, and yeah. people need to go directly to jail over this. If you do anything in your draft, get DeAndre Swift at RB twenty. <sighs> Right, you might just let's move on. Lead. We've we've spent way too say, much time on these. We have, but they're going to speed up now because we're going to go to Houston, and I don't want to spend any time talking about Houston. And no one, yeah, should nothing, really spend nothing in Green Bay, Houston. It's worth noting. We talked about David Johnson and how he's not dead. He's not dead. He still has a role in Houston, but Philip Lindsay is going to be the starting back. Uh, the way that we had it projected out was Philip Lindsay and David Johnson split the carries, and then David Johnson gets a primary share of the pass catching work now, because it seems like they're going to have Lindsay on the field more for God knows what reason. Uh, Philip Lindsay does lead the team in carries in our latest projections. Mark Ingram actually survives the cut. It's hilarious that they kept like six running backs on their initial roster because Houston Texans football, whatever. Because right. you know they're going to run the ball so much, they got to protect. Well, one all of those them leads. was Rex Burkhead. You yeah. got to have a backup plan, right? Like for so, pass catching running back. Yeah, just whatever. I, I can't. In but in PPR scoring, David Johnson comes in at RB forty one for us now, with the updated projection because he's going to lead the team in targets, and they're going to be so bad, they're going to mm-hmm. throw the ball enough that he is going to get work. And again. Philip Lindsay, even as the starter, has never been the picture of health his entire career. Mark Ingram has never been the picture of health his entire no. career. There Rex is, Burkhead Rex has never Burkhead been is the just coming of off health. a serious injury. Yeah, and so, he's 30. It is now yeah. 30. So David Johnson could be in a position here where he's the last man standing in that backfield at some point and all of a sudden has huge value. So yeah. look. David Johnson is is the third guy on the depth chart, technically speaking, and he's not going to get the lion's share of the work anymore, but he's still our RB41. He's still going to have bye week and flex usage at some point, and right now he's going basically like, uh, in a lot of places in industry drafts, I've seen him going near undrafted, uh, but I can tell you with the general public, where is he going? In ADP currently, David Johnson... There he is. RB 42. Yeah. So right in line with what we're Which still is like the 12th round. Right. So at that point, it's kind of a lottery ticket. Anything, yeah. past, as we've said a million times, anything 12th yeah. round and later is a lottery ticket. It's yep. a lottery ticket. 
you're not going to count on it too much. And if you hit it, you hit it. And yeah. you keep it. Um, so that's really it. I don't want to spend too much time on Houston. Yeah, I agree with, on. I that's agree it. with what you said. Let's, so let's, let's stay in the division and go to Indy. That's the next one where we have to actually update. So we talked about Carson Wentz in the Indy show with the surgery he had to have on his foot. we had mentioned there was some optimism there actually, because it would be the first time really in forever that he'd actually be able to play at full strength. He might actually be able to run around for the first time in a long yeah. time. And there was a timetable that was put out where realistically they were saying, eh, best case, he'll be back around week five, week six, something like that. Well, apparently, <laughs> apparently it's going better than expected because yeah. now he's actually been removed from the COVID list. He seems like he's going to be on track to be starting out there week one. That's the yeah. latest reports. Yeah, he's practicing and could be ready. Yeah. Week one. Are you worried about them rushing him back possibly a little bit too soon? Or do you think that maybe no. he just healed well? No. Yeah, he... I, I, Again, I would be worried about them rushing back if my, when I say rushing back, it's that like he's not taking any reps. Mm -hmm. He's not getting in any practice. He's not doing any training and he just kind of gets thrown back into the game and is just playing for the sake of playing. Right. Whereas he's been doing non-contact drills for the last two weeks. Yes. Over the last week, he's been practicing in full with the team. He threw 40 passes the other day. So he's, he's out there doing everything you'd expect him to, if he's going to be the starter. So I think he'll be fine. I think it's wheels up and it's back to our initial projection right. on the Indianapolis Colts, which is Carson Wentz plays 16 of the 17 games. Taylor has a top 12 season. Michael Pittman is an adjustment before we were talking about. Well, hold on. Let's, let, I was going to say, we're going to have to talk about, talk about that properly because we'll, we'll just mention it. Uh, T.Y. Hilton hit IR. Yeah. So he's going to miss a minimum of four weeks uh, at this point. And that's three. minimum of three. Minimum of three. Excuse me. Yeah. But yeah, could he's, be back he's as gonna, early week he four. could be back as early as week four, but he's got a neck injury is the mm -hmm. injury he's down with. And so, again, same thing where he could have been put on pup if he was going to be out six weeks. So by putting him only on IR, that's saying they're optimistic he'll be back in four or five. So we covered that. So the Michael Pittman adjustment you mentioned has to happen. Yeah. The, Wentz, we, but also because the room is less crowded. Yes. And we talked about it uh, when we talked about the Colts initially, that it was basically put Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman and T Y Hilton in a hat, pull out a name. And that's as good of a guess as we have at who the number one wide receiver Pick is. Your favorite. Be. And now from what we've seen, Michael Pittman is the clear one. Yes. Like it's not even close. T Y Hilton was the two and got hurt. Uh, Zach Pascal is getting outplayed by Mike Strachan, which is may, crazy. Yeah, may actually leapfrog him on the depth chart. We'll see how the snaps actually go. But Paris Hank Campbell has actually been closer to those guys than he has been to T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman. It's just he he yeah. looks slow. He still looks like he's just not getting it for whatever reason. Well, he hasn't played enough. What has he yeah. played? He's been in the league two years. He's played like half a game. He's, I think he's played like four games total. It's ridiculous. Like, no, it's ridiculous. There, there, yeah. there's, no there's no way. I, I think Perry, like he's been a lot of hype, but I think Michael Pittman is going to be the guy for sure. He's someone we loved coming out of college, and now he's he's got a chance to be a second year breakout. He's going to be the number one whether Hilton is there or not. Yeah. But with Hilton gone, he's definitely the clear cut one. I think the biggest problem is what we talked about with Michael Pittman last season is how does he handle the number one corner? That's coverage. that's what I was just going to get into is that's so. my only concern with this is that it, he'd be higher if I felt better about how he's, is he going to deal with the one coverage? And I wasn't too yeah. concerned about it when T.Y. was out there as a distraction. But yep. now 
I hope Strachan is really good because <laughs> holy cats, man, yeah. Michael Pittman might have a, a tough job yeah. ahead of him. And then it's worth noting as well, uh, Kylan Grayson, the rookie tight end. They're really high on him. He appears to have leapfrogged Mo Alley Cox for the number one spot. Yes. On and Jack Hill's not a thing chart. anymore. Yeah. But and so for, for whatever it's worth, it's not worth much by my numbers, but for whatever just, it's worth. There did you, you re rank Carson Wentz? And we'll move on from Indy, but did you re rank Carson Wentz back to your original ranking of Carson Wentz before the surgery? Yes. Okay. Just clearing that up for people. Yeah. Feel free to draft Carson Wentz again, folks. He's not a back end type of thing anymore. However, well, I mean, people might not believe the thing. People might not be paying attention in your room. So when you're drafting, you pay attention because if Carson Wentz, you can still get him at his pre-surgery injury adjustment level, like end of the draft, be pretty happy with that. So let's move on from Indy though. Well, I was going to say like Carson Wentz for me, I have right behind, uh, I have right behind the the tier of Fields, Lance, Wilson at twenty three. Okay. So okay. that was my pre injury. So spot you really only him. moved him back like three spots. <laughs> yeah, then, I mean, yeah, I okay. had him at thirty. Now he's okay. Moved back to 23. Okay, I'm with you because so. he's going around twenty six. Is the yeah. ADP I looked up for him? So let's 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 leave it there. There's not too much more to cover in yeah. Indy. Just don't draft T.Y. Hilton. Uh, and uh, let's go right into Jacksonville. A lot of, lot of AFC divisional updates here. Everybody in the same division. Well, this is an unfortunate one, too, because in Jacksonville, a lot of hype on Travis Etienne. They drafted him in the first round to try and to try and marry him with his college quarterback. And that's uh, just unfortunately, he's got a list rank injury. He's going to miss the entire year. He actually had the surgery today, earlier today. Reports that I saw are that it went very well. Yep. But he's so I have no worries about him long term, but that's not what this show is. But Travis Etienne is done for the year. James Robinson to the moon, to the moon and the sun and the stars. James Robinson goes back to his pre April drafting Etienne ranking of he's in the 20s at this point. He's a he's an RB2. That that and, was not his pre draft ranking. Well, what was so his pre draft ranking? Was it 12? Right he all now, the way he's 12? RB16. Okay. Well, I was going to say he's in the 20s or not the 20s. I mean like top 20. Let me clarify. Yeah. Okay. Top yeah. 20, not in yeah. the 20s. I spoke he's that. RB16 in the 20. ECR. He is RB18 in ADP. Where do you have James Robinson right now? Uh, let's see. I put James Robinson up pretty significantly. Ripping. I have him at 15 since I caught you off guard a little bit there. Uh, the website has to load as I Yeah, do and this. by our uh, projections, by the way, he's at RB10 just I because have, of what he did last year. I have Robinson at 18. So, okay, he's you're in more in line with the ADP. Yeah, so he's he's right at 18. And to be honest, though, if look, if you wanted to take him at 17 ahead of Josh Jacobs, I'd be fine with it. He's in that tier where you can just yeah. grab any of those guys and feel You can fine. take him over Jacobs because he's, he's not competing with anybody anymore. So, yep. and Jacobs is. So, I, again, it's it's right in that neighborhood, though. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, and then I don't care about Carlos Hyde, and I don't care about anybody beyond that. James Robinson's the only running back I would want in Jacksonville, and then that's it. I'd, yep. I'd be done with it. I'm not handcuffing it. We're moving on. Yep. Uh, and speaking of moving on, the Patriots, we're going to skip down the list here a bit to get some, to get to something relevant. Not that we had more notes. It's just there's not a lot of notes on some of these teams if you want to whip through them real quick like you were doing. But when you get to <laughs> when you get to L.A., we got to stop with the Rams. Because speaking of moving on, the Patriots finally did something you and I have been talking about for a long time, and they moved on from Sony Michelle. Finally. A miracle. Finally. Miracles do happen. Sony Michelle is let go from his job in New England, and he is traded 
to the Los Angeles Rams. Yes. So he, Sony Michelle immediately gets slots in as the backup behind Daryl Henderson. And here's, here's my short, short thought on it. I still don't care. Better yeah. situation for Sony Michelle yeah. doesn't change it, my feelings. It's a very on the brief analysis. Doesn't change I, my feelings on the when play. we talked about it before. It was right when the Cam Akers injury happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew Daryl Henderson had jumped up our list. I think he was close to top twenty. Right now, I've got him. I think at twenty two or twenty three in my I'm rankings. Still right in that neighborhood too. That hasn't changed much. The debate was: Is it Jake Funk or Xavier Jones who was the RB two? We were leaning a little bit towards, I think, Funk on the website. Um, the the a majority of the public was going all in on Jones. I think I was a little bit higher on Jones projection wise, but it was close. But I know for sure what I said was the RB two here is not on the roster yet. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, so um, I I thought maybe it would this was a Melvin Gordon scenario or a Royce Freeman if he got let go, Peyton Barber. Cheap. <laughs> Latavius Murphy, and they ended up getting a sixth round pick for former first rounder Sony Michelle, who's actually terrible. But he is the number two on the roster now. And then Xavier Jones actually got cut. Yes. So, so. Jake Funk is still there. He is the three. But Sony Michelle, who remember cannot catch the ball, no. is now the number two. So he has a chance to be a vulture and be a real pain in the ass to the uh, the Daryl Henderson owner. But other than that, I think it still wheels up on Daryl Henderson and nothing really changes. Oh, your uh, your mic went out on you, Neil. Oh, interesting. I was there you saying, go. <laughs> is just a leech. He yes. just, all he does is sit there. It's not even Vulture. He just siphons value yes. off of Daryl Henderson while contributing nothing of his own. He's nothing just useful. a parasite mm-hmm. at this point. And that's really it. And so... Do not worry about drafting Sony Michelle. Don't even feel like you have to roster Sony Michelle. He's still terrible. So that's really it. It's just frustrating if you're if you're a Daryl Henderson believer. So that's really it for LA. Let's move on and we're gonna we're gonna fly fly right over to uh, Las Vegas because there is one interesting kind of weird note for the Raiders. We talked in the, in our show about how bad we thought the 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 Raider wide receiver room was mm-hmm. well, apparently one of their own felt the same way because John Brown asked to be released Yeah, and they granted it. So John Brown wasn't happy reportedly with being effectively the third wide receiver on a team. That's likely not going to win anything. Yeah. And he asked to be released. They granted it. John Brown is 31 years old. He's mostly healthy at this point in his career to the best of all reports. He's yet to sign anywhere. I have a feeling it's going to take a little while for that to happen. There will probably be an injury that will cause John Brown to get signed somewhere. My thought was he was either going to want to sign with a contender if he's going to be the wide receiver three to win something, or he's going to want to be the wide receiver one for one of these yeah. bad teams. Those are your choices. Yeah, if, I was, if I'm was, if i him, I'm looking at being basically the number one-ish or 1B guy in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, I'd be all for that. Or, again, if you're ring chasing, I would gladly be the number two to Tyreek Hill in Kansas City. Sure. If they're willing sure. to pay him, yeah, hundred sure. percent. I do any of that. The greater point is, don't draft John Brown at the end of your draft. I've sure. seen people doing that. Uh, he's a free agent. It's going to take a while. It kills him as far as fantasy is concerned this year. As an as a throwaway, the Raiders did bring in another wide receiver. They got KJ Hill, who people may remember from his time as a Charger. He was a interesting prospect coming out of college. So I, I just there's not enough volume for me to care. But they did yeah. bring in a replacement. That's really all I have to say about the Raiders. Is there anything yeah. else you want to talk? Okay. So let's go right into Minnesota. 
Just straight down to, down the list to Minnesota. Yeah. Well, nothing in Miami, and nothing, there was yeah. like rumors about a, a committee. That's not true. It's not a That's committee. Not, it's the Miles Gaskin show. They, Move they've on. disproved that in the preseason by their yep. own. They're all they tip their hands so hard that that's yeah. absolutely what's happening. So when we get to Minnesota, though, we do have to stop because fantasy industry and sometimes this, depending on who you ask on this website, breakout tight end candidate Me. Irv Smith. Ick. Irv Smith has to have meniscus surgery. He's yep. going to be out six to eight weeks. He's likely going to be back around week seven at this point as a, as a throw, as a, as a replacement. Oh, no. That was, um, it was six to eight weeks was the best case scenario. He yes. had the surgery yes. and he's now done for the year. Okay. So yeah. Irv Smith was deactivated officially. They mm-hmm. signed Chris Herndon in a, as a trade. They traded Herndon. for Chris yeah. Herndon. Uh, I, it just all this does is that there's nothing, there's no tight end now I want in New York, and that was always true. Mm-hmm. And now there's no tight end I want in Minnesota, and that's now also true. So there's just less yes. tight ends to go around than there already. And true. again, Chris Herndon is the the one that people know and the name to note. But if right. you're looking for a touchdown dart throw on Minnesota, it is actually Tyler Conklin. Correct. That's actually the name you want to know. Correct. He's the guy that's been there, knows the system, has the rapport with cousins to the point where people were concerned that Smith wasn't going to be able to break out because Conklin was going to have a significant red zone role. Um, And they were talking about this being similar to a Atlanta situation where Irv Smith had been playing a lot lined up in the slot and they still had Conklin in line as the inline tight end. So they're playing both of them at the same time, just not in a 12 formation. It was as a wide receiver. Yes. And and now that's just and now, now that's out the window. Nothing. There's just yeah. nothing. You don't want the tight end in New York and you realistically don't want the tight end in Minnesota. Yeah. And that's it. It's over. But all so that it, does is there's no wide receiver three that matters. So to me, all it did is it gave extra check downs to Dalvin Cook. Yes. And it just it, and, it reinforces and, and, and even, that he's possibly, a top two guy. And possibly an even greater focus on the two wide receivers that actually matter in Minnesota. Yeah. That's it. That's all yeah. it does. Maybe just, Adam Thielen doesn't regress. Maybe. Right. Maybe Adam Thielen gets to gets to stay at his pace. I feel I feel a little bit better about it to be yeah. honest. But that's it. I'm not too worried about about anything there. And I'm and again I'm sorry if you drafted early because that that stinks. Yeah. That's awful. Uh, speaking of awful, Cam Newton. We're gonna move right into New England. This whole scenario has been talked about ad nauseum by the media because it's the Patriots and it's ESPN and it would be. Yeah. But effectively, Cam Newton is released from new England. And that's an interesting situation because it's for the first time we talked about it on our preview show. Belichick has never started rookies. He just doesn't do it. It's not a Belichick thing. It's part, not part yeah. of his philosophy. Well, first time for everything, folks, Cam Newton has been frankly, yeah, there was a, there was a tweet about that as well, where it was like, you know, Bill Belichick never spends money and yeah. he spent the most money in the off season. Too. I saw that Bill today. Belichick never drafts a, a rookie quarterback in the first right. round. He did that for the first time. He Bill Belichick not, yeah. never starts rookies. He's starting a rookie. Uh, like he's going against he's, everything he's ever done. And I, and I love all the decisions. It's pretty mm-hmm. great. It, it, it's it. They talked about a lot about why was Cam cut? Was it, you know, because, you know, the vaccination status and they, the, the club denies that. I wouldn't worry about that. I, to, you actually talked me off the ledge about that in the background before that news ever came out. Because then I read Belichick's actual quotes when he was asked those questions that I was posing to you. And he answered more or less how you thought he would, where he was like, you think I've, I'm in here mandating vaccines for people? I'm paraphrasing, but that's yeah, more or less what he said on the situation. So that's not the reason why he flatly got outplayed by Mac Jones. So anybody who wants to talk about, 
oh, it's because Cam Newton's a headache and blah, 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 blah. Some of that may be true, but it's mm-hmm. not relevant. It's right. not the reason. Mac Jones played so well that he he outperformed. I was going to say, he yeah. outperformed Cam Newton. I think we had a little bit of a lag there because you, you, your audio just suddenly jumped. No, no, you're good. It's uh, I was just going to say, here's the part that I don't get. So Cam Newton, I feel like, was still fine. Cam, Cam Newton had a productive preseason and an offseason. It was just cheaper. It was cheaper to go with their guy and you get a full season to see what he can do. They've always believed in Jarrett Stidham. He's still there as the backup. So you're fine with that. So they're going with Mac Jones. They're going to see what he's got. And especially look at the beginning of the year. They're starting with Miami and Miami's beat up. So you're going to, we're going to get to see Mac Jones against Tua head to head in week one. We get to see Mac Jones against Zach Wilson, the two rookies in week two. And then you get, Mac Jones against Tom Brady in week four. Right. So it's going to be very interesting. Those, the storylines for the first few weeks with the Patriots. But to me, I thought it was odd that everybody was saying, Oh, it's completely wheels up on everyone in this offense. Now that it's Mac Jones instead of Cam Newton, to me, it didn't change anything for the wide receivers. This wide receiver room stayed exactly the same way. It always has been. It's Jacoby Myers is the one Nelson Aguilar may lead the team in targets, but Jacoby Myers is still the one I'd rather have. He's got the bigger up. He's got the Edelman role. Yes. Yeah. And then you've still got Nikhil Harry, who's dealing with an injury, but yep. I, I don't want Nikhil Harry want anyway. Harry, even if he's like healthy. The wide receiver room doesn't matter to me at all. The only thing that matters to me here is Damian Harris is the clear-cut RB1. Yes. He's going to have that job in a three-down Don't let them role. Jedi mind trick you into believing things, nice things they say about J.J. Taylor and... and uh, well, I, and JJ Taylor's stuff. a talented player, but yes, so is Ramondre Stevenson to a certain extent too, who they also talked up. Yes, but again, I think Ramondre is the number two here, and people talked about the fact that this is going to be great for James White because he's going to get more checkdowns. My whole argument for James White before is not only was he getting checkdowns, but the biggest hurdle for Damian Harris to overcome as the starting running back was Cam Newton. Cam Newton, as we have talked about, is the greatest goal line running back in the history of the NFL. Like Cam Newton is a red zone vulture who gets the ball snapped to every play is the wildcat when Cam Newton is on the field. So Cam Newton in the red zone was a massive problem for Damian Harris. He was going to steal those goal line carries. He was going to steal those red zone touchdowns. That's not a problem anymore. And for James White, when they're running that wildcat, when Cam Newton is in there in the red zone, that was James White's best usage in the red zone was them running the option and Cam Newton pitching him the ball and giving him an opportunity to score. That's gone now because you have the statue of Mac Jones in that backfield instead. So now you're dealing with Damian Harris in the red zone. It's a three down back. Yep. Ramondre Stevenson is the clear cut number two who's going right. to get the carries. And James White will still have a role, but to me, it's significantly diminished from what it was before. I think the biggest winners here are Damian Harris. Well, that's undisputed. Because he's going to get the red zone carries and Jonu Smith because he's the biggest red zone threat that they have. Uh, Hunter Henry also gets a slight bump up, but Jonu is the guy for sure that they're going to use in the red zone. Rookies always need a safety blanket. Usually it's a tight end. Yes. Jonu is a safe bet. I get the logic on both. I'm not ready to kill James White. Because I think when they go hurry up and they got he's got to catch a bunch of dump offs as they try and run down the field, that's where I think James White will still have a role. But to mm-hmm. your point, 
you can't how far could you murder James White any further when he's already we was already down in like the 50s borderline right. like late so it's like I'm not really gonna I'm not really overly concerned about that when you were already getting him at such a value anyway yeah that if you're gonna if you were willing to do it at that with cam out there I bet you're still willing to do it with Mac Jones because it's not gonna cost you much yeah. and if you're right all you wasted is like a 12 13th round pick you cut him yep. it's a lottery ticket at the end I'm really not worried about it too much I wouldn't overreact to it is my greater yeah. point and as far as Mac Jones for fantasy purposes, do you, are you actually interested in like no. rostering that? Yeah, I mean, no. Okay. I just think he's good enough to not crater out the skill position guys. And right. Hey, at some point for bye weeks and something, check him out on the waiver wire. I'm sure he'll have a good sure. matchup at some point. We'll All this did was he was undrafted for me before. Yeah. And now he's moved into that tier uh, because he's actually starting. I actually have him one spot ahead of Justin Fields. He's at sure. 20. Sure. So, so, but it's not something I'm particularly interested in. I think you could, I'd rather have fields, for example. Yes. I feel better about that. Yeah. I think there's a bigger ceiling. We talked and about it's, and it's it weirdly might not be cheaper because of the hype train on fields, but mm-hmm. I'd still rather have fields. Uh, and so realistically, that covers New England. Um, we're not going to spend time talking about the defensive stuff on the internet Doesn't right matter, now. Go yeah. look that up. Go look that up yourself. The uh, the last stop on the train, though. We got to stop and talk about New Orleans. We've talked about New Orleans so much in the background. Everybody's yeah. talked about New Orleans. New Orleans is a weird nightmare world right now of nobody knows anything. But we avoided the worst case scenario. Because <laughs> the worst case scenario was Taysom Hill as your starting quarterback, as we talked about on the show. And then everything goes in the gutter and you begin again. But they saw sanity. Some level of order has been restored here. Some level of sanity will reign. Jameis Winston was named the starting quarterback after the final preseason performance where he came in and looked really good. He looked like old Jameis, looked like vintage Jameis, the Jameis that was a blue chip prospect coming into this league out of Florida State. The guy who was a like one of the best prospects. I remember the comp. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to unleash the, cl- the crab legs. That's right. They're going mm-hmm. <laughs> to they're going to get they're going to get Jameis out there. So. Thank God for that. That san- some level. Now listen, Taysom Hill will still be out there doing his Taysom Hill stuff. That's yes. not going to stop. He's still probably going to take what fifteen snaps a game. You think ten, mm-hmm. something like that, and he'll run the wildcat and do his thing. But I don't think it's going to be a Florida situation where they used to run two quarterbacks. I don't think we're there. I think it's Jameis's job until he proves that he can't handle it, and who knows when that'll be if it when it happens. But it, thank God because it means wheels up for me on Alvin Kamara. Jameis will throw those dump offs just like Drew Priest did, baby. Yeah. The running the, the wide receiver room is what it is, but it really just impacts Alvin Kamara. You can feel good about taking Alvin Kamara. And speaking of Alvin Kamara, the other weird thing that happened here, you know, we talked a little bit about how they had Latavius Murray still, obviously, yeah. but he's getting up there. They had Devonta Freeman. And we and addressed they, that there was a weird yeah, rumor that came out rumor. that he might be on the roster bubble. Yeah. yeah. Odd. Odd, odd situation. Well, that's continued. They did, they did cut Devonta Freeman, so that cleared that up. Latavius Murray did make the final 53. They decided to not move on from him. But what's very interesting is the, the, the growing, smoking reporting that's going on around Mr. Tony Jones. Yes. So, Tony Jones is projected to be the RB2 at this point, is he not? Yeah, Tony Jones Jr. was yeah. a special teamer last year, and he has, he has shined this entire offseason to the point where he is the RB2 on the depth chart currently. It's weird. So Tony Jones is your backup running back to Alvin Kamara. He and he's he's just like Latavius. Like he can catch the ball, he can run between the tackles. He's coming out of Notre Dame, uh, second year player now. 
So he had a good showing his rookie year on special teams, and they apparently liked what they saw because, yeah, they 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 have him on the depth chart right now ahead of Latavius. I'm sure if something happened to Kamara, Latavius Murray would still have a role, but he it is no longer a case where it is going to be a three-down Latavius Murray show no. if Alvin Kamara misses any time. So he is no longer the handcuff you want. Stop overpaying for Latavius Murray. because I'm actually just not drafting Latavius Murray anymore. Yeah. Like at all. It's it's, well, there's no point. I don't it's think. over. Yeah. Latavius but, Murray is not draftable anymore, but you can get, if, if you want Kamara and you actually can get him, the nice thing about this is you can get Tony Jones for nothing. Well, here's the problem. Latavius Murray right now in the ECR is RB 49 ahead of Alexander Madison, one spot behind Philip Lindsay, who we already talked yeah, about as the in starter his, in his normal spot in yeah. Houston. Yeah. And uh, Latavius Murray in ADP right now. Let's see is also RB49. Yeah. So he's being drafted still near the back end of drafts, but he's being drafted. and that That's his normal stop. home, year on year. That's about where he is. Well, no, normally he's going 35 to 40. Uh, he's normally yeah, that's in that fair. flex that, that, That's fair. He's usually the top part of four. So he has tumbled a little bit, but not nearly as far as he should because he should double off the page. Mm, yeah. <laughs> But you can get Tony Jones, I got to imagine, still for virtually nothing. We looked this up. Yeah, like Tony Jones, ago, people like, still don't even know who that is. Yeah, exactly. People still haven't even, it hasn't even clicked for them. Like in the no, ECR, even, yeah. Tony Jones is 91 right. at running back. And so, normally the ECR is in line with ADP because that's where ADP comes from. Right, people right, draft right. off of other people's rankings. Yeah, Tony Jones is not even on the list of the top yeah. 120 drafts. So I'm telling backs. you, if you're getting Camara. Don't even waste your time with Latavius Murray. Skip it. Take something else and get Tony Jones. Literally, you could get Tony Jones. You could you could do do what I've seen people do. Take your defense and kicker one round earlier to get ones you might want, and just take Tony Jones at the end. That's how off the radar Tony Jones is. Yep. Nobody knows who that is. You can yep. go through your entire twenty round draft and then pick up Tony Jones off sure. waivers. I mean, yes, yeah, <laughs> sure. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody will be paying attention to it. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows who that is yet. There so. You go. The smart money, though, will do that because it's it, it'll save you some a mid round pick at yeah. this point on Latavius Murray. So that concludes it, Steve. I don't have anything else, man. That's the whole show. We uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's here. nothing. Again, a lot of the rest of the stuff here we've already covered uh, more recently, but like Evan Ingram dealing with an injury in New York. <gasps> I know, right? It looks like he may miss maybe a couple of games. Uh, he's questionable for the, the first week of the season. Who knows? Right, Shocker. No knows. Yeah, I know. No and then knows. again, remember the backup is Kyle Rudolph. Either way, I don't care. I don't want either, either one. Either way, they're them. both probably already hurt. Uh, you already mentioned the fact that Chris Herndon got traded away from the Jets. They also got rid of my boy, Kenny, your boy, oh, yeah. for no apparent reason. Yeah. So now that leaves Tyler Croft. As the starting, what are you going to do end. in your dynasty league? Cut him. What's am I going to do? Uh, but no, Ty Tyler Croft is now the starting tight end uh, for the Jets. Again, I widely I believe it care. does not matter. Don't care. Um, and then I, I think, think my Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans has buried Samaj P. Ryan right. to be the backup running back in in Cincinnati. And I do with that information what you will. I still, still think it's closer. It. I still think Samaj P. Ryan is probably the guy to own of the two of them, but I don't want, or the, or the roster. I don't of the two want of them. either. I, don't, I don't want either one of them. I think Chris Evans um, made that a real battle. Yeah. He's played pretty I, well. It's, it's still a car wash at running back for the jets. So again, don't care about that. 
uh, in Philly, it kind of shaped out the way we thought it would. Jordan Howard didn't make the team. So you still have Sanders, Gainwell, and Boston Scott. They'll yep. all do a little bit of something. I think the most talented of the three is Kenny Gainwell. So we'll see what he can do with that. Um, you mentioned the Fulgham news. He was the wide receiver three there. So yeah, that was weird. It was more weird than anything else. Right. Uh, yeah, nothing changed in Pittsburgh at all. No. Uh, nothing really changed either in Seattle. They did end up keeping Rashad Penny, but it looks like DJ Dallas is the RB two there behind Chris Carson. Um, argue. I still don't care. Right. Uh, San Francisco, they look to be fully healthy and ready to go. They still haven't officially named a starter for the beginning of the season, but it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Come on now. Trey Lance is dealing with a, like a chip chip in his, his finger. finger chip so. in his finger. Yep. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely going to miss some. They're saying time. he's like week to week with the chip in his finger. Yeah, there's so, no reason to rush him out there. That why? wouldn't make any yeah, sense. That's no. uh, you mentioned Giovanni Bernard. Oh, you want to talk about a, Brandon Ayuk is now dealing with something? Yeah, well, I, I think he's okay until we find find out anything further. Uh, Giovanni Bernard dealing with a high ankle sprain. It's yeah, relevant like only because he was the pass catching back and the third down back again, if he's out and going to miss four uh, to six weeks, they're actually weeks, saying they're actually saying he's not going to miss four to six weeks and they're being cautious with him and he's probably going to play. Okay. Well, we'll so, see if he did miss time. Leonard Fournette is the best pass catching back. They have, you it, might see Keyshawn Vaughn actually get on the takes his value. Um, but otherwise not super relevant. I do think it is relevant though, to point out in the room, we didn't have a chance to talk about it before. I'd love to bring it up now. Last year, Weeks nine through 16, because I saw somebody posting about how if you want to find the worst player, uh, who was it? It was Alex Johnson from uh, Points. I forget the name of his website. There's so many websites. It doesn't matter right now. But he's a great guy, great follow on Twitter, and great follow on TikTok as well if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but he mentioned if you want to find the Stone Cold worst player in your fantasy draft, it's the guy who took Mike Evans because he's the guy that doesn't know what he's doing because he's just looking at last year's stats. Right and, right. and it was basically all about how the unsustainable touchdown production. 100% agree. We talked about that last year, how Mike Evans was very volatile, relied a lot on touchdowns. But that being said, that was mainly the first half of the season. Right, right. And if you look at weeks 9 through 16, when Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Gronk were all playing and all healthy, Mike Evans led the team in targets. He had a 21% target share. Yep. He was sixth in the NFL in yards. Not be, it wasn't touchdowns. It wasn't reset. It was yardage. And he had a 15.9 yards per reception, which was 15th in the league. He yeah. was top 20 or 30 in basically every major category that you would care about. Meanwhile, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown were basically identical in like the RB 40 to 60 range. Yeah. So Chris Godwin right now is going three spots behind Mike Evans in ADP in the top 15. And Mike Evans is a guy who consistently throughout his career has been a top 20 wide receiver. He's coming off five consecutive thousand, yeah, thousand yard years five and last season when all of them were healthy and playing together with tom brady understanding the offense yeah chris godwin nine, yeah. chris godwin was the fourth guy on the team in targets yeah. he was the fourth option he was the guy least valuable 
in fantasy when everybody was healthy and available last year. We noted that last year, the, the chemistry between Godwin and Brady all over him. Well, no, the, the, we noted it last year that the com- the chemistry between Brady and Godwin just didn't really seem to be developing. Yeah. Whereas when you actually watch the games, he's looking for Mike Evans. Yes. He's actively look. Well, you'd see him cause he's like six foot five. It's like a tree running down the field. So it's like, he's looking right at Mike Evans and then he works through his reads. He's not doing what other quarterbacks have done there where he's kind of spreading. They're spreading it around between them. No, yeah. he's looking for Evans and then he's going through his reads and he seemed a lot more comfortable at various points, just throwing it to Antonio Brown for the short yardage stuff, especially towards the end of the season. Once Antonio Brown started figuring out the offense. So yes. I'm right there with you. Godwin scares me also because he's never been the picture of health. Yes. So all of these things tell me that I really don't want to be trying to get wrapped up in Chris Godwin, whereas I'm much more likely to go back to the well on Mike Evans getting his sixth consecutive yeah. thousand yard season than so I just am on because yeah. of that. I've adjusted slightly. So I've got Evans right around 15 or 16, I believe, in my rankings. About average. Godwin has slipped out of my top 25, and Antonio Brown is into my top 36 right now. Yeah, no, that makes sense because so uh, I, I feel like that's that's going to be closer to the way it actually pans out. I think there's a better chance that Antonio Brown ends the season as the wide receiver two there than Chris Godwin. Tony, so hey, in the games we've been, the sample we've seen, even in that one weird game when yeah. they played that one weird ass game uh, in new England, Tom Brady loves throw the ball at Antonio Brown. Yep. Loves it. All about it. Can't, can't get enough of it. So I, I I'm right there with you. I have concerns about Godwin yeah. and I'm much more likely to, if I'm going to invest in a Tampa Bay wide receiver early, it's Mike Evans. And if I can get Antonio Brown at a bargain, oh, I'm absolutely doing that. Yeah, I'm absolutely doing it. The only thing that can tackle Antonio Brown at this point is the legal system. Exactly. Miami Dade, do your job. Otherwise, yeah. that's it. That's it. Nobody else can tackle Antonio Brown. But and it. I think that's it. Like That covers everything. Nothing else has really changed in a significant no. manner since no. we talked about it on the show. Oh, no, no, except no. for, um, you know, we really... It would be great if we could get more like people involved or listening from the league itself, but clearly at least the Detroit Lions are listening and watching because they also believe no more kickers. So yes. thank you. Just get Detroit. rid of all of that. Thank get you, rid Detroit. Of all we appreciate you watching, listening. Just get uh, golf out there to do it. What are you paying yes. all that money for? That's Why? fine. Like, like uh, that last preseason game, because Kaime Fairbairn was dealing with an injury. The Texans had one of their safeties doing kickoffs sure. and Why extra not? point attempts. And the Lions saw that and they were like, why are we paying a guy to do one thing? This guy's doing both. We can do that. I can get a special team safety to do this for a dollar fifty. These Why guys, am I paying you? These guys are freaking geniuses. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Well, they're they're at a similar state as Houston too. Well, I was like, going to say they're seeing what, anyway. They're seeing what Houston's doing. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want to see tanking? I'll show yeah, you tanking. I got. I, got the, I, I need that first. No round kickers. Pick, yeah. We need that first round pick, Houston. We'll out tank you. The this only way they're going to score points this season is field goals. Oh yeah. I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not my, even taking field goals. Over my I'm either body. Going four and out or nothing. We're not kicking once. Uh, over Dan Campbell's dead body, are they settling for field goals this season? Oh, they man. refuse. They're not I, even going for. They're going ever. for two, even when they haven't scored the touchdown. That's yet. right. That's right. That's all we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Again, Dan Campbell is either an Andy Kaufman level genius or is terrifying that he's got this. Oh. It's one or the other. I don't know which yet. But hey, 
w- w- let's 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 let people get back to it. I think it's That's it's it. getting we a little. Did. We did it. We, did. we did. thirty-two we and a half teams in thirty-two. We, we did thirty-two teams in thirty-two days, and then we did thirty-two teams in ninety minutes. That's roughly, right. All That's over right. again. Just to did it all. Sure. Whip through it. But we got all the takes updated. I, I really want to thank everybody who's been tuning into these and listening to the podcast and interacting yeah. with us along the way. And uh, gotten it's a bunch been, of positive feedback about it. So we really appreciate it. it. Yeah. And we'll keep doing it this way since people seem to like it. If you don't like it, be louder than the people who do like it. <laughs> That's the way to get that done. Uh, the, the, the only other thing that I'll say is thank you everybody for coming along with us. We look forward to having yeah. you for the 20, you know, the easiest season. way to tell us that you don't like it right, right down there. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Right down there. Yeah. Patreon.com slash important nonsense. And for $1, join the discord and come yell at us and tell yeah. us what idiots we are. Come yell, at me, yell to us more or less to our face right here on discord. Cause we we're a captive audience. I, gar- I guarantee you, when you, if you pay a dollar and come into our discord and say, Hey, I hate this product. We will change it. Yeah. hundred percent guaranteed. But you'd be by default, by default, the loudest voice at that point. So, so there you go. And if you and and by the way, just enjoy the holiday weekend. And people might think that I'm talking about Labor Day. I am not. I am talking about my favorite holiday of the year, draft, <laughs> draft. weekend, baby. It just happens to be on Labor Day weekend. <laughs> so in, everybody enjoy the holiday, draft well. If you have any last minute questions, at nonsense underscore Neil, at nonsense underscore Steve, or That's preferably. Right. Join the Discord. Come have some fun with us. And uh, yeah, absolutely, too. I posted it on social media a couple times. I'm going to keep barrading people with it over the next week and a half, basically. But make sure you're following at Nonsense FF on Twitter, at Nonsense underscore Steve on Twitter. It's my pinned tweet right now. Come join our DK League. Join the DraftKings League. Play along with us. Play along with Aiden, who's excited about this. Jack, Neil, myself. We're all a huge tournament. You set a DraftKings lineup every single week. You have a chance to win that right there, the Important Nonsense Championship. Be crowned the Important Nonsense Champion. If whoever the highest ranking fan is, even if you don't win the whole tournament and you don't win the belt, whoever the highest ranking fan is gets a year subscription to the website next year for the free and uh, possibly a guest spot here on the show to talk sure. to me and Neil. So what? Like, just have some fun. It's there's a free entry as well. So even if you can't gamble or you're not interested in gambling, just come play the free DraftKings and ha- have some fun with us. Try to win. Sorry if you live in Nevada. <laughs> we tried. Talk to your congressman. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I'll say that's not going to do much. Talk to the mafia that likely <laughs> controls that right. whole situation. Talk to whatever corporation your congressman listens to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we have a no politics rule <laughs> broken already live TV. Uh, oh my God. Uh, but, but thank you everybody for joining us we will be back at our regular time next week week one week yeah. one getting, getting ready, ready for, for it, it. and uh, until wait. then let's keep up the nonsense